G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, this Saturday, there is an international focus in the fight against drug abuse and illicit trafficking. This Saturday will be World Drug Day. Each year, individuals and entire communities all over the world join in on this global observance to raise awareness of the major problem that illicit drugs represents for society. Now, you'll likely know families in your community who have been damaged by drugs. Let's find out what the response is in Australia for World Drug Day this Saturday. Shane Varco leads the Dalgano Institute and is an outstanding drug educator. Shane, welcome back to 2020. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here as always, Neil. Thank you. Shane, what's the biggest thing for you this coming Saturday and drawing attention, World Drug Day? Uh, is it the narrative and uh, who's saying things in a certain way? What are your thoughts? Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's, it's interesting the actual initiation of this by the United Nations was for the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime was to actually focus on the whole issue of you know, exiting drug use diminishing drug use, uh, walking away from drug use. But as more and more pro-drug activists have uh, infiltrated the, the sector, we we're seeing narratives do, uh, shifting in, into more permissive modes. Uh, some of them are, are monitored and, and kept uh, in, in, a, in a sound space. Uh, but uh, a lot of the narrative now is about shifting de- even definitions. So we have demand reduction and prevention and, and drug use exiting recovery are, are what we are focusing on, what the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime is really all about. Yet some of the narratives get uh, contaminated, for want of a better word. We're <laughs> always messaging that, that redefines things like prevention and, and harm reduction and harm minimisation become interchangeable terms and they're misused, and people are often misled uh, by genuine terms and genuine frameworks, but they're actually reinterpreted. So our concern is that this this coming World Drug Day, that the focus really is about having our communities, our families, our states, our cities, um, really focusing on drug-free lives for, for better capacity, agency, well-being, productivity, all those things that come from that particular space. When we talk about demand reduction, the work of our police, law enforcement authorities of recent times, some huge drug busts and things like that, do they have a, a huge effect on, on the way people are thinking about drugs? It's interesting, again, who, who infiltrates the narrative. We, we know it's that particularly the one that was done recently globally was an important thing and it took down some of the the biggest cartel operators Unfortunately, with the online trafficking of, of substances now so real and using social media, particularly through uh, platforms like Snapchat, uh, we're seeing, uh, and their lack of social media uh, ad- adherence to policy on this and really tracking this down, have seen uh, drug use move into that space, uh, drug use deployment moved, and trafficking moved into that space more often. But those busts do matter. Of course, the, the pro-drug uh, activists come to the marketplace and say, what's the point? 
And in one sense, in one sense, we'll give them uh, give them credit for that because the issue is about is about demand reduction. When supply always flows to demand, and if we're not actively working on demand reduction mechanisms, as we've done with tobacco, then of course demand for drug use, particularly highly addictive substances, incredibly addictive uh, products that uh, will addict you far quicker than smoking or, or alcohol at oil. And so once you're in that space, once addiction and or dependency is hit, of course, demand continues to grow. And that's the nature of an, an addiction for profit model is that you really have a, a, a trapped audience. And so our concern is that we've got to be really working hard at developing alongside supply reduction, demand reduction strategies. And the concern for us is that that narrative has been hijacked again by the pro-drug activists and they're diminishing their capacity where it's, we know it works because we've seen it work so successfully in the tobacco space. We talk about narrative, the way people talk about drugs. And we're talking here about attitudes and perceptions of people. And if the narrative is wrong or just slightly off, it actually doesn't deter people from drugs, actually promotes drug taking. When we're talking about this idea of demand reduction, you know, you've got to stop drugs in their tracks and not this weakened idea of harm reduction. This is part of that very, very changeable narrative, isn't it? Yeah, that's the trick. I mean, harm reduction is part of the national drug strategy. is one of the pillars. And it's an important pillar because it's, it is supposed to be for those caught in the tyranny of addiction to help them um, ensure that they exit, well, help them exit drug use and keeping them safe whilst they exit drug use. But harm reduction has now crept into the space where harm minimization is now, and the term harm reduction have been interchangeable, whereas the harm minimization, as I said, our national drug strategy, harm minimization platform, has three pillars, demand reduction, supply reduction, and the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff for those caught in the tyranny of addiction, um, harm reduction. So in other words, we're trying to minimise the absolute detrimental harm as these people exit drug use. Now, what's happened now is there's no exiting of drug use, and harm reduction has now usurped the other two because now we have what's supposed to be a drug use exiting enterprise, for example, like needle exchange programs and, and injecting rooms. Uh, they're supposed to be about helping people exit drug use, but all they're doing is now enabling and equipping, uh, not just enabling and endorsing drug use, but now equipping ongoing drug use, which is an incredible misuse of the policy and the platform. And of course, a lot of now we're seeing more and more drug use, not less drug use. So when a harm reduction enterprise increases drug use and the percent of perception that, okay, I can use drugs with impunity under state um, uh, oversight and free of charge without, uh, well, I said with impunity, then all of a sudden the idea of engaging with drug use and or experimentation is one of the clear outcomes of that messaging that I can take a substance I'm not sure of to an injecting facility and engage with that drug. And if I do have a shocking uh, outcome from that drug use, and it's not technically an overdose because you cannot overdose on something that is not dose prescribed, uh, you then and end up um, being, being uh, saved, which is a good thing, but you've actually been invited to come and experiment in the first place. So again, harm reduction is undermining supply and demand reduction. That's where it's going to become completely askewed. And this is what has to change, and the public needs to understand that. So you need to get the narrative right. And then you've got to work on resilience. I know you love to talk about this because this is what mm. gives you the strength to say no. It, it uh, changes the community understanding. It equips parents along their pathway. 
So mm-hmm. resilience, this is something we ought to be thinking about for this coming Saturday. Oh, correct. I think that's got to be the, the key uh, em- uh, emphasis here. We have a, 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 an adage that we use regularly. Is that, you know, Resilient communities don't use drugs. Resilient families don't want them. And we find that when people are have, have, uh, dealing with life and its various vicissitudes in healthy, productive ways, uh, and their resiliency is there, their, their ability to problem solve, to deal with crises and issues, and we've got all the factors that are necessary, the protective factors around them necessary to develop that resiliency, then drugs don't become part of the narrative. In fact, they rarely become on the radar. They might be, be presented with them at a, at a venue or a event, just go, no thanks, walk away. But it's not something they seek out or pursue or are enticed by because it doesn't become part of who they are. Their persona is not reliant on a self-medication mechanism. Whereas when people are fragile and vulnerable and lonely and isolated and dealing with trauma and or, or simply peer pressure because they haven't got the ability to actually connect in healthy ways, then they may be seduced by the, the mechanism. Uh, and, and once they step into that space, then that becomes problematic because, as I said, one drug use, none that's not always the case, of course, but one drug-using episode can be enough to cause someone a serious and long-term problem. Shane, for those who are thinking, well, World Drug Day, I know there's a drug problem in my community and my neighbours could be within my own family. Where do you find effective help? Does Dalgano Institute work with referring people to help when they've got a, a real struggle, a real problem with drug use? Yeah, look, we, we do. We, we don't deal specifically with the recovery space, but we work closely with the recovery alumni and the various sectors on our websites, nobrainer.org.au and dalgonoinstitute.org.au. We have uh, clear sections on help. I need, need to stop this and counselling and various other online resources that you can refer to. Some are online resources you can use yourself, some you can approach. But what's interesting is that we're, we're finding more and more uh, parents are now um, crying out for help because their kids are, uh, are on substances. In a recent uh, trial that was done on ice, on an ice um, pharmaceutical, a potential pharmaceutical product to deal with ice addiction, which, which didn't produce the outcomes they wanted. In fact, it, it did fail. As a, as a pharmaceutical potential, but it did uh, uncover a lot of things. In fact, a lot of parents crying out for help, wanting their kids to be on this trial. It's how bad it is under the radar. But also they found that the same things that 12-step programs and therapeutic communities offer, like community, uh, like open and honest communication uh, and uh, protective relationships, structured environments, discipline, and uh, ongoing care and counselling, CBT theories, therapies, were all very helpful in helping people exit drug use. But the key for us is walking people back out of drug use is a long and laborious and difficult and stilted process. Preventing that entrance in, delaying that uptake, denying that uptake, that is the key. And we need to be building into that space more and more and more. Damage management is not good public health practice and certainly not good for families. We really, really need to be helping families build strong resiliency into their kids so drug use never becomes part of their narrative. There's a lot to think about ahead of World Drug Day and good to be able to draw attention to these issues. World Drug Day is this Saturday. 
Shane Varco leads the Dalgano Institute, an outstanding drug educator, and uh, there is a couple of websites to draw attention to. Dalganoinstitute.org.au is the main website, but uh, Shane, just quickly, there's another website you've got called nobrainer.org.au, and particularly attractive for young people who are interested in finding out more about drugs. Uh, What's so good about No Brainer? Well, it's specifically aimed at young people and teachers. Obviously, that's sort of high school, upper primary school and high school demographic. And look a little bit beyond, obviously, in the young adult space. But it's targeted specifically at those, at that, that demographic for that purpose of uh, giving them credible data. We're not trying to be, you know, try hard, cool and funky and all that sort of stuff. It's just a relevant contemporary uh, web resource that enables people to get an objective look at this, or at least another side of the coin, because most of the narratives around drug use on, on the internet uh, are driven by you know, the pro-drug advocates and, and their and their sales pitch, which it really is a sales pitch. And you want to get people in, into the uh, addiction for profit industry, you need to pitch it. And once you've pitched it, once you've got them, that's, that's the deal. So we're trying to give people an, an alternative narrative. And teachers use our website, and obviously parents use it a bit as well as young people. So that's a good good resource to lock into. An outstanding resource. It's called nobrainer.org.au this Saturday, World Drug Day. Shane Varco, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Always a pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.